This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. You've gone into a Chapters store, now an Indigo store. I still call it Chapters. An Indigo store recently. Uh, you probably will have noticed it's not the same as it used to be. Once upon a time when it was Chapters, it was a bookstore. It was almost exclusively a bookstore. Lately, that has been morphing into household products and other things like that. Uh, certainly up in the Meadowlands Indigo, uh, that is the case. Well, in Toronto, downtown Toronto, the new Indigo store has been reimagined again. And probably this is something that we will see if it works, spreading out to other ones. Uh, they will be serving pastries and coffee and beer and wine. There will be nooks dedicated to home fragrances and plants and popular Japanese graphic novels. Uh, there will be places to listen in, to jukeboxes and Pac-Man games and on and on and on. It is a completely new idea of what apparently the customer wants. But is this what the customer wants? Let's bring in Bruce Winder. He's a retail analyst. He's author of Retail Before, During, and After COVID-19. Bruce, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, I, we always love it when you come on and talk about these things. This is a... I don't want to say this is a departure because as I say, I mean, certainly here we've seen Indigo stores moving towards this direction of less mm. books, more other stuff. But is this what people want? Do people want the experience when they shop that they're going to go and stay for an hour or two in a store, make it an afternoon, or do people want to go in and get out and get the thing they want and get on with their day? Yeah, it's a great question, and I guess time will tell and the results will speak to themselves, but I'm assuming that what Indigo has done is reached out and done some uh, consumer research and asked their customers, you know, their value customers, sort of what they want to see in terms of change. But it is a bit of a departure. It's it's become more of a lifestyle store, like a, they call it a lifestyle emporium, I think. Mm-hmm. Cultural emporium, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, it's something where I guess the hope, and, and the thing that sort of has piqued my interest is, the interesting thing about the downtown Toronto store is that it's in uh, the well, as you mentioned, and um, it's it's a place where you have a lot of residential uh, apartments and condos and commercial. So it'll be interesting to see if people kind of wander down and spend a lot of time in the store if they're bored in their condo or bored at work. I mean, that that might be a new formula for them that works where they're sort of already where traffic is versus needing to drive traffic to their stores. Because I just don't see anyone getting up in the morning and saying, let me go spend two hours in an Indigo. I mean, some people might, but I think they're better off where they already have built-in traffic upstairs and people are just a little bored. They want to get out and they might wind up there for a while. So, I mean, what you're describing almost sounds like it would be a modern day central perk. It's the, it's the friend's coffee shop yeah. below the building where you go and get, if, if it's residential above, that's where you go and gather and spend time with the people in the building. I mean, if that's the concept, that sounds almost like it makes a fair amount of sense, but you surely can't rely just on the people in that building. No, um, and and that's the hope is that people, you know, maybe there's people who work there, people who would go in there to do it. But I just, I have a hard time, you know, seeing how they can draw people in there because books are so easy to buy online now, right? You Mm -hmm. know, Amazon started 30 years ago with books and um, they become commoditized, right? So they're trying to look for other things to do, but they've been down this road before in that they offered lifestyle products, you know, a decade ago and it had a bit of success when it came out, but it kind of softened up after that. So, yeah, you know what? Um, it's a bit of a tough one. They're in a tough market. 
and they've had a lot of management changes. And I think they're going through a little bit of an identity, not identity crisis, but trying to sort of uh, reinvent themselves. And that's always a hard thing to do for a retailer. Yeah, and I, I agree with you a thousand percent about the books. You can buy books anywhere. The thing, though, that um, w- when you go on Amazon or whatever, you 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 can get a taste from a page or two of a book. You'll get a little pricey of what the book is going to be. The one thing that you could always do at cost at, uh, at Indigo was you could at least read a little bit of it if you wanted to. Now that may have turned you off the book, quite honestly, but <laughs> but it seemed like it. It maybe you're there for a bit. You have a coffee and then you go. You know, I'm really enjoying this. I'm going to take this book. If there was a challenge, I thought that they had. It wasn't the idea of be, giving people the chance to sample the books. It was that their prices were often considerably higher than you could get the same book on Amazon. So you go there and sample it and then go home and order it on Amazon. That was their problem, I think, or one of them. Yeah, that was one of them. And, and that's that's something that, believe it or not, Best Buy, you know, in a different vertical dealt with too. What Best Buy did is they launched a very aggressive price matching strategy. Is I'm sure Indigo, I think Indigo has a basket of goods, you know, that they say, okay, we're going to match Amazon on these. Um, so they need to make sure that the price is right, but that eats into their gross margins, which makes it hard to pay for the whole show of having all these other amenities there, right? So it's a tough one, tough math problem to solve. But I think, you know, they'd be they'd be happy if they got people to say, hey, you know what, when I wake up on a Saturday, I want to go to Indigo, curl up with a book, get a coffee or a beer, and spend a couple hours there, and maybe on the way out, if I see some things I like, you know, to read at home with, like a light or a pillow, I might pick those up too. How much is it going to be important then if you're doing this as a lifestyle thing? Because you can, as you said, you can buy all this stuff elsewhere, probably for cheaper. How important is it that the stuff that they are selling is unique so that you don't just go there? I mean, other than the books, because that's, you know, what it is, but that pillows or, or goblets or whatever you're going to buy there. How, how, how important is it that what you get there, you can't find elsewhere? I think it's massively important because consumers have their little phone in their hand and they can compare it really easily now. So that, that, and it's getting tougher to do that. You know, it's called differentiation and marketing where you have different products and you can charge a little more and maybe you have a little better quality or different branding. It's imperative, but it's getting harder to find product lines that aren't everywhere now. It's just because the size of Amazon, Amazon has 500 million products. And you yeah. look at someone like Timu from, from China, you know, every product now seems to be out there for everyone. So it's getting tougher to differentiate through product. Bruce, before we go, last thing, we only got a few seconds here. They are sure. offering alcohol in at least this main store in Toronto, probably will expand elsewhere. And yet at the same time, just this week, I read, you know, Canadians are getting off alcohol. A lot, few, a lot fewer people drinking. Regardless, um, is is that going to be the thing that you turn it into a bar, basically? Is that the kind of thing that still works to lure people? Um, I think it'll be an interesting plus, but it's not a game changer from my perspective. It, it's interesting. We'll see what happens with it, but it's not going to pull them out of despair and bring them to the top of the retail heap by itself. It's interesting discussion. Uh, we will see. I mean, I know Tim Hortons tried the, I don't know if they still have it. It was a really fancy testing place in Toronto. I don't even know if it's still going, but we'll, we'll see if this one works. Bruce Winder, retail analyst, author of ret- Retail Before, During, and After COVID-19. Either go to Indigo and buy it or buy it on Amazon. Either one, whichever one you like, but go buy his book. Bruce, appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Take care. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.